and welcome back to Life as a Ceremony podcast, a place where we discuss all things plant medicine, spirituality, plant allied recovery, healing, and we drop in and really learn how to live our life as a ceremony and find the divinity within. Today, I have a very, very special guest, my dear sister and friend, Pamela, who has been on this journey and it's been really incredible to get to witness the journey that has taken place for her. She speaks to this in our discussion, but we sat down and talked about her journey with the aboga medicine. In this conversation, we talk about Pamela having a call from the aboga spirit. And it's really, really incredible and totally full circle to get to witness and be a part of this conversation because I actually got to witness that transformation and was present for the ceremony that she speaks of during a time when I was studying under a medicine carrier. And I got to witness the remembrance. And this is something that I feel like is so important for us to talk about too, this remembrance that can happen. I experienced it upon getting back in touch with earth-based healing practices working with the earth, working with the moon cycles, I felt this remembrance, like this was absolutely something that my ancestors were doing. I definitely relate to Pamela's story in that regard. Pamela was born in the Dominican Republic and she is indigenous Taino and she has been able to study with incredible leaders in the field of aboga shamanism. She comes from a Bawidi lineage, and she speaks about this in the podcast. Before we start, I wanted to share a little bit about the aboga medicine. I myself have not had the experience of going deep with aboga, so it was really interesting for me to drop in and have this conversation. I have witnessed aboga ceremonies and facilitated and therefore microdosed aboga before, for friends of mine in recovery seeking a different way of healing. In my research, I found that there is a difference between aboga and ibogaine. Ibogaine is one of the alkaloids within aboga, which is a bark, comes from a tree. The aboga ceremonies are incredible for detoxing, and ibogaine specifically is known to help addicts who are looking for a way to find sobriety and have found no other path that has worked for them. So Ibogaine, one of the alkaloids in aboga, works to essentially reset the neurotransmitters and receptors on your gene expression to bring you back to a state of pre-addiction in terms of your brain pathology. I don't understand it too, too well. It's really, really incredible and I highly recommend learning more about the effects of ibogaine specifically. The aboga medicine has many, many alkaloids and aboga can essentially help to treat addictions. So not just physical opiate addictions, although like I said, it does incredible work on the opiate receptors in resetting your brain, but it also works on other addictions such as conditioned beliefs, negative thought patterns, and things like gambling, pornography, other types of addictions that people can have. The benefits of aboga really have no boundaries. There's, everyone has a very, very different experience with this medicine, but one of the things that I've found in my research that seemed to be a common thread 
is that people get a deep sense of spiritual transformation, a sense of inner peace, an objective discovery of the root causes of trauma, which allows people to release that trauma and really overcome and heal from it. Aboga also helps to assist in a full mind-body-spirit reset. It can eliminate the need for substances, and it really is like an anti-addiction plant medicine, which is really, really incredible, and I felt so honored to get to learn about Pamela's transformation and her own experience being initiated into this lineage. Aboga can also help to facilitate a discovery of the underlying reasons for PTSD and depression and to help heal those. It also is known for being able to reconnect us with our souls and guide us on our own personal spiritual discovery. Overall, Aboga seems like an incredible medicine for people who are really stuck and looking to release that stagnant energy. It is a medicine that is very, very intense. The ceremonies that I have witnessed have been with people specifically detoxing from heroin and opiates. And so I really only witnessed them in a space holding setting. There was someone else who was serving the medicine who had years and years of experience doing so. It is a medicine that can be very dangerous with contraindications and deaths have occurred. So it's really, really important to do your research and Pamela touches on that in this episode about what to look for in a facilitator. Her contact information is also going to be linked below in the show notes. With all plant medicines, doing your research and making sure that the person serving has had the proper trainings is incredibly important. Integrity is of the utmost importance in these spaces since you are dealing with someone who essentially has access to you in your most raw and vulnerable state. From personal experience, something that Pamela and I actually both shared of going to the wrong person for plant a plant medicine ceremony, it is extremely important to make sure that you do your research. Saying that three times because it's so important. Without further ado, let me welcome our guest Pamela on. For this conversation, we don't have the best audio equipment. I just want to say that I am still in the very beginning phases. I have incredible people coming onto this podcast, but I'm still very much so in the early phases in terms of getting equipment and everything else. And so I apologize that the audio can sometimes be a little quiet. Um, you may have to turn it up a little bit for this conversation, but it remains pretty even throughout. So I just wanted to mention that. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Life is a Ceremony podcast. I'm your host, Keely Ryan. Today, we have a very special guest, my good friend, Pamela, who is here to talk about the work that she does with the aboga medicine. So the first question I would like to ask you is about the work that you do, about your background, and uh, anything else that you feel called to share in this moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be talking more about uh, a medicine that has really just won me over <laughs> um, and that really understands me, such as Iboga. But to answer your question, yes, my name is Pamela. I was born in the Dominican Republic. Um, I do come from, you know, a strong warrior <laughs> family. 
um, very prayerful, but also very connected to the earth, very grounded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though we were living in a rural part of the Dominican Republic where the church influence was very strong, I'm really happy that we still preserved and did our best to keep our ancestral traditions. So I grew up around a lot of natural medicine, you know, we already knew like, Oh, if you have a toothache, you take this or, you know, you chew garlic or we're going to be dietaing, you know, this other plant or for whatever ailments, chamomile, lavender, like all these different, you know, just herbs. Um, I just grew up knowing that like nature can heal. Mm. But I, of course, like many children, you look down on your background and where you grew up and you just start aspiring to like the things that you don't have. So I always especially when once we got TVs um, in our village, like I would always look at, you know, watch TV and fantasize about living in the United States and like <laughs> how cool it would be and taking a plane and, you know, playing Nintendo 64 and having electricity 24 hours a day, <laughs> like all the different things that we didn't have um, back home. And honestly, once I made that jump, I just really continued on the train towards just science. Um, so taking some steps away from, the natural medicinal origins really that I had. So I went into, you know, study neuroscience, did some work, uh, clinical work with populations of people that experience schizophrenia and work a lot with motivation um, and did a lot of other lab work with, you know, just impulsivity and really understanding ADHD um, and other abnormal behaviors. So you know, it was a path that I thought I was going to continue on. Just, you know, I later on went into tech and I just really decided to leave the natural stuff behind. In a way, it was almost like it was embarrassing for me. And interestingly enough, you know, even though I had such a scientific mind, once I got really sick um, in 2020, the only thing that actually helped um, my illness at the time was a natural medicine. So I started working with Cambo then. Um, I was then, you know, guided to sit with other medicines and it was really interesting. I mean, as soon as kind of I, I sat with Cambo, I started really feeling more connected to my body um, and to my soul. And then once I sat with this other medicine, it was like it opened a portal to Iboga to mm -hmm. really call me. So my first time experiencing Iboga was actually, I would have to say, under another medicine. Um, and that's the moment that it told me, like, I need it. <laughs> I needed to like meet it um, and that was very beautiful so you know what I've been going through right now is just really it's coming full circle coming back home and I'm really grateful to the medicines for their ability to me as stubborn as I am bring me back home mm. to follow in you know my family's line of now I am the you know medicine carrier for my family and I'm a medicine carrier uh, for my tribe um, the Hiwayawa Taino, so I am Kiskeya Taino, um, and now I'm, you know, readopted into the Buidi, so I'm a Musoko Buidi Mudanga, um, that, you know, it's, it, I'm a medicine woman, it's just so beautiful to now have all my tribes, um, just come together and really love on me, and even the moment that I got initiated, um, as a Mabundi Mudanga, I just could not believe that I was, being embraced by all these very very beautiful people who are there for me to lean on and continue learning from so mm. yeah i have the really lucky opportunity to serve um these medicines now with their blessing and their protections and 
it's been a very beautiful journey. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah, so for the listeners, um, Pamela and I met uh, during one of those remembrances. Um, we were both in ceremony together, mm-hmm. and I've really gotten to witness a part of your journey, and it's yes. been so incredible to be like a sister on this path with you. Um and we've just been through so many experiences <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> together. Because if you spoke to me then, I was like, I would never go back to, you know, I would never be serving medicine. No, I'm not interested. But you got to see that connection with me and the medicine. And it's like, nope. Yeah. Got to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really feel like there's this collective remembrance, not just to medicine, but to earth-based teachings like right. us as a collective are going back to, yeah, just that ancestral remembrance of all of us, no matter what, you know, our ancestors, who our ancestors were, mm-hmm. our ancestors were working with the earth, if you right. go back far enough. And so all of us right. are coming back into that. So you touched a little bit on how you found this path. Is there any more details that you want to share about that journey or about coming back to the path? Yeah, no, I think one thing that I've noticed from others who have spoken about their journey and individuals that I've met on this path is I did not want this. Mm. I actively ran away from it. Mm. (laughs) Um, My grandmother, you know, was someone who whenever there were certain situations that folks could not understand or comprehend, they would call on her. And, you know, she taught me, I mean, a lot of, of what I know, really. And I wouldn't say I took it 100% for granted. I just felt like, well, this is great information, but I just couldn't see how it applied to like my very scientific world, right? Mm -hmm. So I put it to the side. Um, My dad had the opportunity to become a medicine man as well, and he decided to go the other way, right? So I saw his example as like, you know what? Maybe this thing is just like of the past. Like Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of medicine workers in my family, but maybe it's just not, you know, for me. Like now we're modern people. So when I sat with medicine, my focus at first was just physical healing, right? I just wanted to get my body back to functioning so I could live my life. I never expected it to give me any sort of new ideas or make me feel differently than I felt before. So it was just incredible, you know, and as you mentioned, like one of those remembrances, like to just be in a space where the medicine is reconnecting me with my roots reminding me of who I am Mm -hmm. and telling me as stubborn as you are I'm going to remind you that you need to come back to the medicine (laughs) you know again 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 until you actually do come back and do you know actually start walking on your path not the path you saw on tv Mm. or something that you fantasize about or romanticize once you saw it in a book but your path that you were born to be on Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Bringing you back to your authenticity and the essence of who your soul chose to be, not who your ego wanted you to be. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, the next question I'd like to ask you is, how did you develop a relationship with the medicine, specifically a boga, but any of the medicines that you, I know that you serve other medicines as well. So. Yeah, exactly. So with things like cacao, um, I mean, being you know, from the Dominican Republic in a place where cacao literally grows in people's backyards. It was something that 
I had been doing my whole life. I actually didn't even realize that people did cacao ceremonies because it was just so normal for us to have it all the time. Um, and that I learned about cacao ceremonies really from my mother. Um, mm. To this day, she has it every single day. And, you know, and she learned it from her mother and so on and so forth. So we've always known that like cacao time was a time for like have hard conversations, like be able to talk about our emotions, discuss the things that don't, you know, that aren't making us happy and that may be a little bit hard to get out in a regular conversation. Mm -hmm. So I grew up knowing that, having that practice, um, but I definitely, you know, learned a, different angles of it once I started working with different indigenous peoples and learned like the history of it. Um, even working with my chief, um, Cacique Jorge and my other tribal brothers and sisters, just learning about how Tainos, you know, really serve the medicine. That was beautiful. Um, and how uh, their relationship really with cacao um, and also learning about Aztec practices, Mayan practices and so on around cacao. It's a very beautiful medicine and I'm happy and honored to be able to serve that today. And then when it comes to Iboga, I mean, as I mentioned, I went into medicine really looking for physical healing, not mm -hmm. expecting or looking for anything else. I had never tried psychedelics in the past. So or anything that was mind altering in the past, I always kept it very safe. And the medicine came through while I was sitting with another medicine. And it just very clearly told me that I had to go to Gabon and sit with this medicine in order for me to know who I am and where I came from. And in, in one thing that I remember it said is like, for me to become a woman, like for me to grow up, this is what I needed to go through. I needed to sit with this medicine. I really needed to connect with it. And I ignored it, of course, because <laughs> I'm stubborn. I'm like, sure, I heard this, but like, I don't know. Um, I also saw a lot of things on this medicine and I ignored it, but it kept on coming back. You need mm. to go to Gabon. You need to know who you are. And I went, sat with the medicine. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about that journey later. But, you know, it's been now some time and quite a few sittings later. And I still can't believe that I have the honor of serving this medicine today and honestly just being bearing witness to my own transformation because mm -hmm. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it is super enjoyable like iboga is hard work and you should never come into it if you're not ready to do the work that it's gonna it's gonna give you homework mm -hmm. and that's where the magic happens when you actually do the homework um so yeah there were some really tough moments there were some beautiful moments it was really challenging but I cannot be prouder of myself, honestly, for sitting with this medicine and really listening to it and allowing it to change my life for the better or, or better said, put me in the driver's seat so that I could change my life for the better instead of allowing for other people or things or misplaced values to guide my life. Mm, beautiful. And the next question I'd like to ask is any advice for people who are looking to work with a boga and things to know before going into the, that medicine space? Yeah, I would say that when you go to a medicine like Iboga, understand, you know, this medicine is from the African continent. Um, so like Western Central Africa, Gabon is in my mind kind of like the birthplace really, you know, of this medicine. Um, and understand that it is very different from DMT-based medicines, from psilocybin, from other experiences that they may have out here in the West, North, you know, Central, South America. 
So do not compare the medicines. Mm. That's one thing. Do not. You're going to do yourself a huge disservice if you compare the medicines. If you go into Iboga expecting to feel the same way you feel after ayahuasca or after, um, you know, psilocybin or after anything else. Mm -hmm. So understand when you're sitting with this medicine, respect where it's coming from, know and understand that it is a very different type of medicine and be there willing to sit and really understand speak with engage with iboga Mm. right so that's one thing um an example that i love mugenda uh, my spiritual father the one who's taught me everything that i know about iboga he says is you know when you come into this medicine you get everything that you know and you wrap it (laughs) with a bow you put it to the side and then you engage with the medicine and when you come back from your ceremony or from you know your journey you pick up that bag of things that you know, your expertise, all of your skills, and then you figure out, okay, which ones actually apply and they're helpful? Which ones am I going to let go of, mm-hmm. right? Because when people try to combine everything or try to apply an ayahuasca or another medicine style to this medicine, it just does not work. Um, I also want to emphasize making sure before you're going into an iboga ceremony that you're eating very well. Um, avoid grapefruit. Or licorice make sure that you're sleeping you know, at least six hours a night um, make sure that you're hydrated you know I see a lot of people having very physically challenging experiences when they are not eating well when they're not sleeping and you know I would also add make sure you're going to the bathroom regularly mm. because all those you know those three things are gonna help you be good physically so that you can go ahead and you know, engage with the medicine in a spiritual or psychological way. So mm-hmm. that is three huge recommendations Beautiful. <laughs> that I would tell people to really keep in mind. Beautiful. And what are some reasons that people come to a boga? What are some of the intentions that people have? Yeah, that's a great question. So people come to Iboga for all sorts of things. Um, Iboga right now, you know, according to Weedy tradition, it's the only medicine that can do you know, these three things, which is spiritual healing, physical healing, and then psycho-spiritual discovery mm-hmm. or exploration. So there's a lot of different medicines out there, and but they're usually, they specialize in one area, physical healing or, you know, certain discoveries. But Iboga is very much a comprehensive medicine. So people who have, say, depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, different, you know, mood disorders, they do come to Iboga. Um, for help in like resetting their brain, their di- the different patterns that they have, maladaptive behaviors, even behavioral addictions. People also come to this medicine looking to detox from different substances that they have been addicted to, whether it's uh, marijuana, alcohol, um, benzos, and, and other you know substances out there. So I typically see folks coming for one of those, but also, you know, we do have some folks who have had traumatic brain injuries, you know, have had concussions or have had certain uh, bacterial infections that have affected their brain. And they're also looking to Iboga to help them um, just be able to, in some ways, I know this, is, this may sound a little bit controversial, but like boost the rebuild of their brain, right? Because Iboga actually does promote neurogenesis and it also promotes neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. So Iboga is a substance that can actually you know, provide an environment where 
your brain can start rebuilding itself, mm. right? And your brain can become a bit more plastic so that you can forget certain patterns that don't help you anymore, certain addic- addictive behaviors, um, and be able to think in a more logical way. I know for me, that's something that Iboga helped me greatly with. I did. I came to the medicine because I, I heard it calling my name and I'm like, I'm here, but I had no idea what to expect. And I know for me, I was really bummed afterwards because I was comparing it to ayahuasca. And I was like, after Aya, I'm always like so happy and hyper. And with this medicine, I'm like down in a slump and I'm depressed. Like what's going on? Well, what happened to me is that the medicine showed me, sure, you're like bouncing off the walls with this other thing, but you need to come and ground. You need to come back to earth. You need to see things for what they are, not for what you want them to be. And that was a really hard lesson for me to learn. Mm. So I understand when sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know, Iboga kind of makes me feel sad at the end. But it's because it really grounds you and allows you to see your life for what it is. But with the fire talk, you then get the information that you need and the tools that you need, right? This fire talk, this buoy counseling, you get the tools and the resources that you need to really take control of your life and rebuild your life. And it's challenging, but it's one of the most incredible things and like effective things that I really see working in people. So you mentioned something, you mentioned the fire talk. Can you tell people what is the fire talk and why is it important? Absolutely, yes. Um, and I'm happy we're ha- we're talking about this because there's a lot of different um, iboga providers out in the world now. And I've been noticing that there are some folks, you know, there's some variability when it comes to the fire talk. Um, and what I have to say is, you know, I love, love, love the fact that I have the honor to be trained and initiated and adopted into the Masoko Buidi tradition because they are the ones that have been protecting this medicine and serving this medicine for the longest among all the different Buidi tribes. So mm. they have a really tight relationship um, with the Pygmy Village. And, you know, that is a beautiful relationship that we're also able to tap into. So they have really taught us how to serve this medicine, um, not only in the traditional way, but like the way that the medicine asked to be served. Mm. which is very important at the end of the day part of honoring the medicine is serving it in the way that it asks to be served not how oh I think I want to do this or I want to mix it with this other thing or I I feel the medicine spoke to me and it told me to do it this completely different way no so I was taught how the medicine was supposed to be served according to the Masoko Bawidi and that is with you know you begin with the fire talk the Bawidi counseling it is us giving you the codes to the medicine and if you ask Mugenda, he will tell you, you know, my spiritual father, Mugenda, it is 40 to 50% of the medicine. If you mm. give medicine without fire talk, people are, may see a bunch of things or experience different things, but they're not going to know what to do with that information, mm. right? And sometimes people just need the fire talk without any medicine, mm. right? Because the medicine is like an injection, <laughs> Like, hey, I'm giving you the tools, I'm giving you the context for the homework, but then Iboga is going to be like, boop boom here's all the homework you need to do and that can be overwhelming for some people right so that's why at times you just provide the fire talk but when it comes to sitting you know in an iboga ceremony you need the fire talk and you need the and let's say and then you go into the sacrament into taking sitting with iboga um let's say like the root bark and those two together it's what unlocks people's ability 
to understand what the medicine is showing them, know where to take their life from that moment, understand the different feelings that's going through their body, what's going on with their head, you know, and then they're able to really move forward in a positive way where they know where they want to take their integration or even what their next step will be. Mm -hmm. I think something that I see too often is folks who may be unintentionally a little bit irresponsible with their approach and leave people feeling way more disoriented and confused that they came in. And I'm glad to see more folks, you know, now concentrating on integration as you like for you, for example, I know you do amazing integration, you know, classes and sessions for people. And I applaud you for that because we need more of that. I think the magic with transformation really comes from integrating your experiences, not just you know, voyaging to different places, sitting with everything, you really need to integrate your experiences. And that is how you can actually build the life that you want to live. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Integration is so important, especially in the West. You know, one of the things that I've heard from um, people who have talked to Shipibo Shaman about integration is they say, what's integration? We live in the jungle. We're already integrated. And especially for Westerners, We don't live in the jungle. We live in very, very, very disconnected from nature in our society. And so integration is so, so important. So I'm so glad that you touched on that. Um, I have another question. What are some tips for people looking for a provider? Yeah, um, I would say, and (laughs) and one quick thing, actually, before I go into that. Oh, yeah. With the Shipibo example that you gave. We, in in tribe, in our culture, we do take medicine different from in the West, right? And that is so real. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that maybe some other time. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't have enough time this time. But I think that that is a very important thing to talk about. Because there are some providers that may not give you the integration that you need because they don't understand where you come from. Mm. So for example, you know, and this leads into looking for a provider. So I do think it's good to have a provider who understands the environment that you come from, whether that is, hey, I'm a single mom, I work in corporate, I have three jobs, I don't have a relationship with my parents and I live in Minnesota, or, you know, I'm in Florida with my husband and that they understand where you come from, what you're going there to do so that they can support you accordingly you know Mm. sometimes i've had to with some of the people that i serve include their kids at least in the conversations and the prep so that their kids can support them you know in their integration or involve someone significant other or even incorporate how they're going to use their plants in order to help them you know with their energy replenish their energy and so on so that they their integration could be supported, right? So it's very important to work with someone who knows your background and is not just there for the money, mm. right? Another thing that I would say is if your facilitator does not send you some sort of comprehensive either medical form or like psych eval or just something to assess and learn more about you, I would say re- reconsider <laughs> sitting with that person. Because these medicines, I do see them, especially iboga, as, you know, a spiritual surgery of sorts. So you don't want anyone, just because this is, you know, spiritual work, although iboga also does, you know, physical work, but you don't want just anyone doing this sort of work. Because it can really alter your mind mm-hmm. if you're working with the wrong people. It can really alter your behavior for the worst. Mm-hmm. And it can leave you worse off than when you started. 
So this is something to be taken like very seriously, right? Um, and then the other thing that I would say is it's, it is important, I would say, to find someone who is, you know, booty initiated, um, someone that has the protections and the guidance and the support of a tribe, because I work with the confidence that whatever question comes up for me, whether it's in ceremony or as I'm prepping for something or helping someone support, like integrate, I can go to my Buidi siblings, I can go to Mugenda, I can go back to the village and be like, hey guys, I have this question, there's this case, right? And we all solve together. In the event that I cannot help someone, I send them to one of my siblings. If my siblings cannot, I mean, I have like cardiothoracic nurses who are also Buidi facilitators who specialize in detoxes. You know, like I have an incredible network of Buidi siblings. But if none of us can fix whatever you have, then we're going to send you to Mugenda. We're going to help you get there, mm -hmm. right? And now Mugenda has my back. And now be, through our connection, he's going to be helping you get whatever you need done, right? So it's like there is a network here, right? When you're working with initiated peoples um, to really help you get where you need to. I know a lot of different folks out there like to say that they're initiated and whatnot. I just always encourage people to like do your homework, um, you know, focus on the facts and once your senses are aligned trust your intuition to lead you in the right direction with sitting with different peoples if you end up sitting with someone who was not the best facilitator it's okay it's not the end of the world but now you learned mm -hmm. right and you have now information to guide your next step um in a more positive direction but i i do think whenever possible it's very good to vet the person that you're sitting with um and just be you know, very aware that this is serious work. Absolutely. The final question I have for you is about your initiation. Is there anything that you want to share about either the process or um, some of the transformations that took place within you upon receiving the protections and everything on that journey? Wow. Initiation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, one thing that I'll say is that especially when it comes to um, Buidi initiations, they only happen in Gabon. Don't let anyone tell you that they got initiated in Portugal or in the beach in DR. No, they were on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> no, you only get initiated, you know, in in Gabon. Um, and I had the, man, the privilege, the joy <laughs> of being initiated um, in Mugenda's village. Really work, you know, in that forest and be surrounded by the village and just so many Buidi brothers and then chiefs from other villages came to my um you know to our ceremonies and just be surrounded by a community of people that I had never met before that day and seeing them support me and encourage me and be there for me was incredible throughout like all the ceremonies that we did then then for my initiation to get the support of my you know western now Buidi siblings who were also getting initiated like Seeing how all of us came together for that moment was beautiful because it is very challenging. Um, but through that, I was able to see just the different size of the medicine. Oh my God, Iboga is deep. Like <laughs> I, there are no words in the human, like in English at least, that come close to describing mm. all the things that Iboga can do. It is a very far-reaching, incredible medicine. And one thing that I love about my initiation is I got the protections, mm. right? I, I got so many protections from my ancestors, from the ancestors of the land in Gabon, from the ancestral protectors of the medicine, 
you know, people's familial protections, like all this beautiful multifaceted protection put on me so that I could serve this medicine. You know, I was given the codes to how to understand the medicine. You know, I was initiated into some learnings uh, so that I could be able to really engage with the medicine in a deeper way. Mm. Right. Um, and, and it just, oh man, there's so much that I wish I could say that I cannot, <laughs> but it honestly is top two. <laughs> um, just cause I don't want to, I, I'm like, there must be something else maybe, but I want to be conservative and say it's top two, one of the best experiences that I've had in my life. Mm. Um, probably the most transformative thing that I had. I just came out of there thinking, I cannot believe I just went through that. I cannot believe I survived that. I cannot believe how people, how we all came together. I cannot believe how much I'm loved by mm. this community of people that have never seen me in their life and how they recognize me as a Bawidi medicine woman. And for that, they honor me as well and they pour into me. Mm. So whenever I serve the medicine, it's not just, you know, Pamela. It is really my entire village, especially of Mabundi. Mabundi means women in Bawiti. So it is my village of Mabundi Mundanga, which is now female medicine woman. It's my village of women medicine workers who are with me every single time I serve. Wow. You know, so that is something that no one else can take away. Yeah, that is so, so incredible. And it's really just been such an honor to witness you and your transformations on this journey. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm so proud of you and really you bring such an integrity and presence wherever you go. So I'm really grateful that you came on today and shared with everyone. Um, I will include this in the show notes, but I was just wondering if you could share how people can connect with you further. Absolutely. So um, I am on Instagram and I also have an email um, where I do intake. So my email is anikailikailawo at gmail. I will leave it with you to share with people because I know that's a little hard to figure out how to spell. And then on Instagram, um, iboga.yaoyao, um, which I'll also leave with you. <laughs> but yeah, um, I talk to people on Instagram and um, as well and, and do some chats there and answer some questions there. But email is definitely best. And um, I definitely encourage everyone, if you have any sort of questions about Iboga, you're curious, you don't like it and you want, you know, whatever it is, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to answer questions. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Pamela. Wow. What a powerful conversation that was. I am just so honored that I got to drop in with my dear sister, Pamela, and talk about the Iboga medicine. I think it's so, so important that we know how to safely acquire these life-changing medicines. Please reach out to her if you have any further questions about aboga. And if you are interested in microdosing or psychedelic integration or one-on-one -on -one transformational coaching, please reach out to me. My Instagram is kelia.ryan and my website is lifeastheceremony.com. I would be so, so honored to hear from you, reach out to me about any questions you might have as well. And I will find the answers for you. And thank you so much for supporting. Don't forget to share and like this episode if it resonated with you. And stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm really, really excited for the guests that I have lined up. 
Thank you so much, everyone.